0: And the Ameshaven aim, aim not Ameshaven oh sorry the Ameshaven not in yeah. Ames uh, no it's not Ameshaven
1: no oh ok ok Ameshaven is is a place right in, uh, yes yeah, it's yeah, where yeah. the
0: ferry it's where the ferry goes to Norway yeah exactly It's Friday, November the 12th, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Gordon Darach, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Muppet Fact Checker, and with me today is Paul Peter's Master's Student in Civil Engineering and Prime Minister of the Underworld. No, sorry, Caretaker Prime Minister of the Underworld.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the, the job titles weren't that hard this week weren't they <laughs> no
0: it's really straightforward yeah uh let's yeah. start with yours this is a great bit of um instagram google translate mashup yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah you could say that um uh, uh caretaker Prime Minister Margrethe visited uh, Greece this week. Uh, he uh, uh, visited the Prime Minister there, I think. Yeah, I think it was the yeah. Prime Minister. Uh, and uh, the Prime Minister office has an official Instagram account. And they, uh, re- you know, re- uh, they posted a picture of, of, of the their Prime Minister and Margrethe. Uh, mm. But they, of course, they wrote it in Greek, um, which is a language... I don't understand, and you probably also do not it, understand.
0: It's all Greek to me. As, it's uh, all Greek to you, yes. yeah. It's uh,
1: <laughs> uh, Even though I did have uh, ancient Greek uh, in high school. But, yeah, so uh, did I. Yeah. yeah but nothing doesn't, st- doesn't help very much doesn't really help that very no. much but luckily instagram has this uh, translate uh, translation uh, tool uh where, where at the end of the post you can just press translate this and it will show you what what it says in english mm. but unfortunately there was a little bit of a translation error because mm. apparently <laughs> i don't know what happened here but it said that mark Rutter was the prime minister of the
0: underworld
1: <laughs> Instead of the Netherlands, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, I which mean, a lot it, of people on uh, Twitter immediately said was actually probably a more accurate description, <laughs> given the current state of the COVID
1: pandemic. Yeah, and especially in in, in, in Greece, they also uh, probably agree with that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Netherlands it means the Low Countries, of course. Yeah. But you know, if uh, 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 does that literally translate to Greek, uh, to modern Greek as the underworld? I I'm now really curious. Actually, I should have looked that up. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was a really fun. Uh, from translation error and uh, yeah a a lot (laughs) of people seem to agree with that yeah
0: yeah it's it's kind of um yeah there's there, there a picture of ritter this morning where he was um as he'd been snapped just leaving the cuts house uh, mm. uh, com- uh talks they've been having uh, about uh, the uh, the lockdown which we'll come on to quite soon um but he, he, he was just getting out of his car and pressing the button for the cycle um yeah, uh, yeah, yeah for the cycles i wonder if that was kind of him that's kind of the equivalent now of um like you know the 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 the, 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 the ferryman taking your penny to take you across the, the river, the, the river sticks <laughs> to the other <laughs> side or something know. <laughs> you know you, you have, to have to press the cycle button to, <laughs> yeah, to, to the, cross to the underworld
1: yeah 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 even 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 the underworld of hades uh uh, uh came into the modern world and now you just yeah. have to press a button instead it's of uh, a coin lights. yeah 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 I, mean, I think you can just contactless yeah i think nowadays you can just pay contactless you don't have to uh, they don't have to put a coin anymore on your eyes yeah. when you die they just have to uh, uh they just give you bank your, card. your yeah, Yeah, they it, Just have to uh, give you your bank pass. Uh, yeah, they uh, the bank uh, card you. into your top pocket of your suit. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, what I th- what I think happened because I saw these these images it was kind of strange. They left the God's house, but the God's house is you know located in in the in the middle of the Hague, but uh, mm. in basically in a park. Yeah, and what I what I assume is that usually when you are driving on on the roads. Uh, there are sensors in the in the road that that notice if there is traffic or not, and then yeah. uh, the traffic lights uh, turn green or not. So you know mm-hmm. they automatically register where uh, uh, a traffic light needs to go green. But uh, I think at the exit of the Katzhaus, because it's just a park, they don't have these se- these sensors in the road. I think so. Mm. Uh, when I saw one of the cars leaving, they, they had to to stop for a red light. But you know if there's no uh if the computer doesn't know that you're standing there then yeah. you have to wait all the time. And uh the the, the Prime Minister and also the, the ministers they don't travel with police escort or something, so ju- they just have to, to uh to, uh, have to have behave to like,
0: like all the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, like all the rest yeah. of
1: us. So yeah. I think that was uh, that was what he was doing. And someone else mm. said that he was just uh 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 putting a, a um uh 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 anti corona sticker on one of the <laughs> one of the lampposts. And and
0: it, yes, it'll say <laughs> NOS fake
1: news. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that brings us to uh, to your job title, uh, yeah. uh, Gordon. You're a Muppet uh, fact checker. What's that all about? Apparently,
0: I am. Yes, uh, this is because uh, there was a big ophef in the United States this week uh, because yeah. a Big Bird from Sesame Street uh, got vaccinated, and I think it was Ted yeah. Cruz who stuck up a Twitter an, an outraged, angry Twitter post saying, "This is government propaganda for your five year old." Yeah, yeah uh, even though I mean, generally uh, kids get vaccinated at the age of about some, from the age of about six months onwards. So, <laughs> exactly, f- yeah. five years but... is quite late, really. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, but the, all the Dutch media, of course, covered this. But they said that this was Big Bird. They, they described Big Bird as the American equivalent of Pino, because in yeah. the Dutch Sesame Street, for those of us, those of you who don't have small children, uh, there is a big blue bird who is called uh, who is called Pino, um, instead of a big yellow bird. one. Yeah, yeah, instead of a yellow one. Um, but um, uh, th- th- this was rapidly corrected on Twitter by a lot of people, and subsequently in the media outlets because <laughs> Pino is not, in fact, the equivalent, the substitute for Big Bird. It's, it's Big Bird's cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that, the fact that, checkers that, really that, had that their work cut out. Uh, this uh, I think it was Monday uh, to, to, to 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 correct all the references to Pino being uh, uh, yeah the, the, the being in fact uh, the cousin of Big Bird.
1: Yeah and that tweet with the correction of the uh, NSA went uh, went absolutely viral and uh yeah it's it's just good to see that at least someone cares about the facts uh, uh, still yeah. so yeah that was very encouraging um yeah. but yeah the um uh, 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 yeah, what I also loved is that there is a uh, a parody account now because uh, after all these sort of things, uh, uh, immediately a parody account on Twitter yep. is uh, is started. It's in uh, it's Pino for Governor. Oh no, Pino <laughs> for the Senate. Yeah. Um, so Pino is now running for uh, to the s- f- for the Senate uh, uh, as a senator for Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, that account is just very uh, glorious. I, uh, the pin tweet is, I believe, um, uh, if if the state is in trouble, I don't go. T- I don't fly to cancun and stuff like that so mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's uh, it's it's really fun to uh to see that happening and also there was another joke that said that
0: um uh uh, 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 uh <laughs> you know it said uh, peanut yeah big bear has been vaccinated and the right wing is a little sore yeah yeah that's yeah, exactly was, yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that was the one that was <laughs> yeah. The one
1: yeah yeah yeah. that was also really funny yeah. and
0: uh yeah i think uh, uh our op-half uh, kind of relates to this kind of yeah it's it's is similarly yeah it's all to do with um uh, children's television isn't it really so yeah yeah so so, so- take it away
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's November, and that means that Sinterklaas is on his way to the Netherlands. And according to tradition, that always leads to a lot of up and this year was, of course, no exception. Sinterklaas travels from Spain by steamship, and his voyage is covered by the Sinterklaas Journal, a special daily news broadcast presented by Diewitsche Blok. Mm. Um, and with the age of uh, 1,730 years, sint Nicholas definitely uh, is at high risk of getting infected with coronavirus. Yeah. And Diewitsche was asked on Monday... Uh, uh, on Radio 538 uh, if she knew if the Bishop of Mira was vaccinated or not and hmm. she confirmed that that is indeed the case and she was also quite sure that he also received a booster shot because wow. I think in, uh, in Spain they already started with that uh, yeah, uh, so. contrary to the Netherlands yeah and uh, yeah, this news spread faster than uh, a virus in Uteldonk and immediately <laughs> hell broke loose on the internet. Uh, many anti-vaxxers were outraged and they accused Deutsche Block of spreading government propaganda, especially because the uh, Sinterklaas channel is broadcasted by the public broadcasting service. Uh, they wrote on Twitter that the Kinder is again used to brainwash harmless and innocent children. Um, <laughs> some even called to boycott the Sinterklaas channel or Sinterklaas as a whole, vowing to uh, instead celebrate Christmas this year out of protest <laughs> against the common sense of a non-existent turkish bishop living in madrid who somehow chooses to ride his horse on dutch rooftops on cold and rainy november nights yeah, yeah it should be noted that the much larger and quieter group were very happy that the synth was setting the right example
0: yeah yeah the, yeah i love the whole idea of the of the people who've been uh i suspect rather there's quite a big overlap between the people who spent the last kind of five years uh, like blocking motorways with forklift trucks <laughs> To save to class, now saying they're all going to boycott class because of uh because you know, he's got the jab in his arm yeah it, you
1: know, how, it's, how, it's e- just, how
0: easily the t- how easily people are turned <laughs>
1: yeah well it's nice <laughs> when the trash takes itself out isn't it it is so um yeah um Sinterklaas is always a guarantee for op and also the, 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 the most stupidest op-hef you can imagine. And this is just one of uh, one of another example. When when uh, the Pino, uh, when the Big Bird op-hef in, uh, in the United States uh, broke loose, I thought, yeah, this is probably something yeah. that we're also going to get in the Netherlands. And indeed, that is the case. It was all very predictable. Um yeah. But yeah, it just makes sense for for a person that old to get vaccinated, right? I mean, the the infection rate among uh, his age group is is now 100%. So yeah, it makes sense.
0: And especially, I mean, you'd have thought he would need proof of vaccination to travel as well on his steamship. Otherwise, he wouldn't be allowed to dock. Yeah,
1: exactly. So he just needs it, yeah.
0: Yeah. So... Good that Sinterklaas is. Yeah, it's has, uh, has it's got always vaccine. fun
1: to see, It's always fun to see people getting outraged of fictional characters. It's yeah, just, brilliant. Uh,
0: yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, especially just see adults get outraged about uh, TV yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. It's there, a kidnap wasn't, wasn't, yeah, wasn't there a tweet from uh, Via Duck this week yes. uh, saying um, that uh, it's not all about the children, is it? Cause no, some
1: no, <laughs> no. Finally acknowledging that it's yeah. not about the children. It's actually about yeah. the the it's childish it's adults. About who the were, children, the, it's the about the overgrown children. It's about the overgrown children suffering
0: from arrested development. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because every
1: change that we've seen with Sinterklaas, and we're going to talk about that later in the podcast as well, uh, uh, children do not notice, they don't mind, they just want the presents and that's it, and it doesn't matter.
0: As as long as there is somebody there throwing paper notes really hard at their heads, they are perfectly happy.
1: Exactly, and it doesn't matter which colour or uh, 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 which miter this person is, uh, is wearing.
0: Indeed. This week, it's back into lockdown we go as coronavirus cases hit record heights. Two more cities set their sights on private landlords. Max Verstappen edges towards a first Formula One world title. Svaterpeet seems to be finally fading away. And will the Netherlands get the gift of a new government in time for Sinterklaas?
1: A lot of Sinterklaas this episode. There is, uh, it must be
0: that time of year again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But before Sinterklaas, the Netherlands is to go into a three-week sort of lockdown to try to halt the new wave of coronavirus infections. Prime Minister Mark Rutte and Health Minister Hugo de Jonge are expected to announce a slate of new restrictions at a press conference on Friday evening. As ever, the real news is happening after we've recorded this podcast, so details may vary. (laughs) But it looks as if. Bars and restaurants will have to close at 7pm, spectators will be banned from sports matches, and QR codes will be needed if you want to go to the zoo or a theme park. And people will be asked to limit the number of home visitors to four. Not all of the outbreak management team's recommendations were followed. So cinemas and theatres are like to say open. Uh, the OMT wants them to be shut. But the three-week lockdown is longer than the two weeks proposed by the OMT. Um, I think as we were discussing before we came on air, it's probably because two weeks just isn't enough time to no. actually see any results of a lockdown. So then they would end up inevitably having to extend it, which would, up, which would disappoint people further. So best to get all the disappointment out of the way in one go. Uh, Further down the line, the cabinet will try to restore the one and a half meter distancing rule and bring in the so-called 2G system for indoor venues. So you can't go into a bar or a restaurant um, if uh, you've uh, had a negative test. You actually need to be vaccinated. Um, That's the idea. Mm -hmm. But that will take changes to the law, debates in parliament. They can't do it straight away. And all this comes as we set a new record for infections on Thursday. In fact, we smashed it there were 16,324 <laughs> positive tests. And that means almost one in every 1,000 people living in the Netherlands tested positive for coronavirus in the space of 24 hours. Wow. Which yeah. is, a- yeah. A- and it's an absolute
1: record, right? Uh, since we've been uh, yeah. Yeah, testing people, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's a record, yeah.
0: Yeah, in fact, it's 3,000 higher than the previous record, which was last oh, December. And it's a 48% rise since last week. So the insane. question is, uh, yeah, a lot of people I think speculating on, uh, at what point do we actually hit the peak of testing capacity now? Because we've uh, heard about big queues at the um, at the testing stations, people who can't get through on the phone line uh, get a recorded message saying it's too busy, and actually we're now you know the, the whole system seems to be creaking
1: yeah we are we are definitely reaching uh, the capacity here and I tried to uh, to book a, a test as well earlier this week and uh, yeah there was just simply nothing available in my area and also uh, I just tried to um, uh, for fun I tried to the postal c- uh, the area code of uh, of, of where my parents live mm-hmm. uh, and there was also nothing available there that might have to do with the fact that Rosenhal is in Brabant and yeah. on the 11th of November is a that's an important date for Brabant uh, people yeah. From Brabant yes. because that's when uh, the carnival season officially starts mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it, it, it the, the the contrast between you know reaching this record of over 16,000 people um, uh, uh, testing positive uh, with coronavirus in the Netherlands and then you see these images from Den Bosch yes. the streets were were literally packed with people yeah. uh, uh 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 celebrating carnival well i have to admit that the city center of den boss was 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 uh only accessible with a valid qr code yeah um so they did everything they could to uh to uh, uh organize this very well but you know you always have someone that's 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 positive that that just uh, 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 uh leaks through the system uh, yeah. so to say um and yeah, keeping in mind that's, that one in thousand people are infected, and you see so many people close together, only yeah. one person needs to be infected, right? And uh, everyone around them
0: is also yeah. infected. So it is li- it's it's a little bit of a contrast there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, one, in, one in a thousand is infected. Well, one in a thousand tests positive, but. Oh, I mean, that's, that's right, yes, yeah, so even more. Um, yeah. We've got 17.5% um, positive test rate, which <laughs> suggests we're missing an awful lot of cases. Definitely, yeah. And this and is because. What, what, it's the old thing that. Yeah, I keep saying that uh, you, you can have QR codes, but at the moment what you have is people who are vaccinated can still get the virus. And because they get a much milder infection generally, they might, they might not even know they have the virus. Yeah. They don't test, so they don't know they're positive, and they spread it to everybody else.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. That, 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 that's why the two, the 3G system leaks. I'm not really convinced the 2G is going to be much better, but yeah. we'll see
1: yeah 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 i just um yeah i oppose the 2g system i think uh i mean i i i have said before that i don't f- i don't think there is a valid reason for anyone to not get vaccinated unless it's a it's a purely medical one and that's uh, so 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 few people have that that you know basically everybody should should just get vaccinated yeah but yeah it, it 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 remains a personal choice and i don't think that a government should really Uh, force anyone to to get vaccinated so i I just don't like the 2g system uh uh, in principle and i think the 3g system you know at least allows people to to make the decision not get vaccinated as is their right Um, but they can still uh, participate in society with a they just have to get get themselves tested right and and with the 2g system you just that, that option is then off the table so i just don't think that's uh 2G I just don't really I don't like the 2G system what I do like is that they have decided to keep the uh, uh, cinemas and all the theaters open because I think that's the only branch that uh, where the QR code is actually enforced um almost 100 percent i mean every uh cinema i've been to and every theater i've been to in the past uh uh, weeks i always got asked to 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 show my qr code and with horeca and with restaurants and bars that Mm. was almost never the case so i think we should they they deserve especially if you if you look at uh, the first lockdown uh, i think these um these venues deserve to uh, to remain open i think especially because they're doing so well
0: yeah, I agree up to a point. And uh, I think I, I agree with you as well that, uh, that the, the 2G system is uh, you know it, 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 it is too much of an infringement. It's, it, it's basically yeah. dividing society based on whether or not you've been vaccinated. And a lot of people who aren't vaccinated often have very real anxieties about either needles or just uh, they've had a really unhappy history of um, uh, various medical in- interventions that haven't worked. So I sympathize up to a point. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, the the, the, the virus is out there. People are going to are going to catch it, and the best way to protect yourself is to get the vaccine. And yeah. if you and, and if you get vaccinated, and then you get infected, you're going to much less likely to end up in hospital and in the intensive care unit than if you don't get vaccinated. But I think the the answer the, the, to me, I think the the answer is uh, just to is to bring back universal testing for everybody, so that yeah. even vaccinated people can test to see whether or not they have an infection, so they don't spread it when they go out. which i think is the problem with the 3g system yeah Uh, Yeah. they did it in denmark for for a long time and it worked very well so just have people test regularly until the infections go down and then once the infections are down at a you know a much more manageable level uh, have really much better testing and tracing so that uh, when you have little local outbreaks you can nip them in the bud and you can control them with much less um, heavy-handed measures than what's coming in this weekend um yeah, and ultimately still- I think yeah you get gets you know the thing is now you, you can be against lockdowns you can be against vaccination but you can't be both if you no. want if you if you don't want to lockdown anymore get vaccinated
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. that's uh th- that's uh that's the message that we're sending here. that's good yeah um so um yeah What this is all about is, of course, that uh, all these infections will lead to more hospital admissions. So how are the hospitals looking right now?
0: Yeah, the hospitals are um, filling up uh, quite rapidly over the last few weeks. There's now 1,699 people being treated for coronavirus, uh, including 330 in intensive care. And a week ago, there were 1,350 hospital patients. Uh, hospitals in Limburg warned this week they are on the brink of a code black situation, uh, which is the doom scenario where there it just isn't enough intensive care beds for everybody, and they have to choose between a coronavirus patient or somebody recovering from a heart operation. Mm. And you don't want that. Um, no. Or they'd have to postpone cancer treatment, and obviously none of these are good options. Uh, Hufe de Jonger didn't have much time for the uh, protestations of people who are yeah just working around the clock to keep people alive on ventilators. He said that if the hospitals spread the patients around better, they should be able to treat everybody.
1: Yeah, and um, I think it was the... um uh, Radio One podcast that um, interviewed someone who works at the um, uh, uh, intensive care units. And she said that, uh, you know, these people who are working there in the hospitals, they've been working around the clock, basically, uh, 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 working so hard for the past one, one and a half years. And uh, it's really frustrating to see that, you know, nothing is changing, that the yeah. IC, uh, ICUs keep uh, overflowing with people. And um, also, she explained that that a hospital works as a machine, right? Uh, yeah. uh, every department in in a hospital is. Uh, 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 um, is dependent on 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 other uh, departments. So if you uh, if you are uh, 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 if you're going to to the hospital for surgery, you might have to spend a, a couple of days on 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 the in on the intensive care unit, and then you have to uh, go to uh, to another ward. And uh, so it's a machine, and if 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 one of these uh, uh, gears is overstressed, then it has a consequence for 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 the rest of the machine. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's. Um, it's uh, uh it's it's it is de- it is really a healthcare problem. It's not not just a, a, a an intensive care uh, problem. It's it's the whole healthcare system, I think, and uh, it's just so strange to see that still a lot of people pretend that they don't understand this and uh, yeah, g- yeah g- basically it keep saying that that, uh, that that all these numbers are, are, are bullshit and that uh, it doesn't really matter. And yeah, uh, also a lot of people saying, yeah, shouldn't we just uh, creak up the 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 intensive care capacity? Yes, yeah. of course we should do that. But you know, it takes uh, five to six years of education for someone to yeah. to properly work on, on in intensive care. So yeah, you don't really. you you can't arrange that in a matter of weeks but um, uh, even though a lot of people seem to think that and yeah it also has to do with uh, with how the how the dutch healthcare system uh works we have a very egalitarian system everyone can can go to the hospital and get the get the same amount of care and that means that that just dutch healthcare the dutch healthcare system is um built around efficiency you 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 W- will not spend uh, 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 one day too much in hospital, right, in, mm-hmm. in the Netherlands if you, uh, d- they just want to kick you out as soon as possible, basically. And that means yeah. that all the buffers are as low as possible. That just has to do with years and years and years of, of, of how the system has developed, of course. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it does have, have consequence for um, uh, when you are in a pandemic and when you need as many beds as possible. And uh, yeah, I believe also Germany has said because in the last uh, in the first wave we depended on on intensive care units in Germany yes. uh, for, for 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 quite a substantial amount. And Germany has said has announced that they will not. Uh, admit uh, Dutch patients anymore in their intensive care units. So, yeah, no, that's another burden.
0: It is worse because the numbers in Germany are going up quite fast as well. So, they need yeah. the intensive care beds for their own patients. Yeah. Um, in the yeah. first wave, they, they manage it much better than us, and also they have more intensive care capacity. So, they're able to take on some of the Dutch patients. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Bruno Brown's handed over a big bunch of flowers, I think, to the German health minister or something um, uh, 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 at the end of the first wave. But uh, yeah, th- 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 that's not going to happen again. So we no. have to, yeah, and then we can't just magic beds into existence. or we can, but you can't, then you need staff as we well. And them, we don't yeah. have that.
1: Uh, and, and who else has uh, Hugo been angry at this week?
0: Austria. Austria. Because, uh, okay. Yes, the Austrians. Uh, because the Austrians <laughs> have rather selfishly decided that uh, they don't want uh, unvaccinated people anymore in uh, their bars and their restaurants and their ski resorts. And, of course, that's okay. got a huge impact for all those Dutch people who like to go skiing in February. And also, of course, um, they've they've shortened the time uh, that you need to have had your vaccine uh, dose um, uh, before you're eligible for QR code. So if you've been vaccinated longer ago than nine months, then you can't basically go out in Austria at all. Hmm. And uh, Huco very unhappy with this. Um, and it's also, of course, with the Janssen vaccine, which was designed to give full protection with a single dose, that doesn't count either, because they insist you have to have had two jabs in order to count as fully vaccinated. Um, and, of course, a lot of people opted for the vaccine, uh, the Janssen vaccine, uh, so that they could go off on their summer holidays. Uh, I, yeah. I think you did that as well, didn't you, Paul?
1: Yeah, I just... W- um, I have the Janssen vaccine, not, not because of holiday plans, but oh. uh, uh, I believe the... What was it the batch of Janssen vaccines? It was decided not to use them anymore or at mm. least not to distribute them so you could opt voluntarily for it and then I just uh, called the uh, uh, the hotline and um, instead of 350 times, I, I got in after five times, so yeah that, yeah. Was, that was the reason why I had it, it I just didn't, I didn't really mind which one I had w- yeah. which one I got, but you know I ended up with Johnson. And we we say now Johnson & Johnson, right? Because everything is going Johnson, bad now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, it's not the Janssen vaccine anymore. It's the American name now. Every yeah. time it's, there's bad news around this, we use the American name.
0: Yeah, because unfortunately, uh, they've done a study of American veterans, and it turns out that uh, Johnson and Johnson is uh, is the vaccine that wears off fastest. Um, hmm. After eight months, it only offers 13% protection against infection, compared to 43% for Pfizer and 58% for Moderna. Ah, uh, that's really bad. So yeah. people who've had the Johnson, uh, vac- sorry, people who've had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine <laughs> yeah. are now being recommended to have uh, a second jab. Yeah. Um, so and in fact Jodiong is has asked for uh, a, a speedy advice from uh, the health council on whether um, yeah, whether that should be the case whether people should uh, should have a booster or a second shot from Pfizer or Moderna but he's upset uh, about Austria cutting the time limits for vaccinated people um, because that means that Dutch people who had their second dose earlier than May would have to cancel their February ski trips because the good news is we were so late starting with the vaccine that it only really applies to very old people who probably aren't going skiing in the winter anymore anyway so they're probably yeah. going to be okay so uh, yeah everything uh, but by, by, by accident more than design uh, is probably going to be all right but nevertheless uh hugo de said the netherlands would use diplomatic channels to try to force austria to change the rules so that uh, you know that, that so the virus can spread uh, more freely around austria even though of course austria is a country where people are threatening to sue for not uh, cracking down fast enough during the first wave
1: hmm okay
0: yeah well austria
1: can be persuaded to anything if you uh- <laughs> 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 if you just ask nicely enough, so uh, that will mm. not be a problem. Um,
0: yeah, well, yeah, Austria has a track record of opening its borders <laughs> to nasty things. It?
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And I read that uh, uh, it might be possible for uh, for people who are going to ski in in Austria with a, uh when they only have a Johnson Johnson uh, vaccine to get a free booster shot in Austria. So uh, yeah, you know, just at arrival you can get one. Um, oh, well, so yeah, I might be going to Austria uh, anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the lockdown is coming up. Are events already being cancelled or not?
0: Uh, yes, uh, th- they are. Uh, several towns and cities have scrapped their Sinterklaas arrival parades, uh, like uh, Utrecht, Ruhrmont, and Feenendal. Uh, in Amersfoort, the traditional arrival in the Eimhafen has been replaced by a motorcade. Um just hope there's no grassy knolls in Amersfoort. <laughs> uh, D66 cancelled its party congress that was supposed to take place this weekend. Party leader Gach said it was a terrible pity, but safety had to come first. And uh, as we said earlier, carnaval festivities, uh, well, in Limburg they were cancelled, but they went ahead in Brabant uh, with QR codes, so expect more infection records to fall in Den Bosch, Eindhoven and Breda in the coming week. And it looks very likely that New Year fireworks are going to be called off for the second year running. Oh, uh, um, thank just God. Cut, yeah, that won't just cut coronavirus infections. It'll also mean far fewer eye and hand injuries.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It will, uh, yeah. A lot of people will uh, We'll still be able to see the uh, vaccine rate uh, after, yes. uh, after uh, New through, Year. Through, through both Eve. eyes, yeah, which yeah. is a bonus. Information news now, as every week, there isn't much we can bring you, except that uh, the parties VVD, D66, CDA and ChristenUnie are still in negotiation talks. Uh, they are led by uh, Johan Remkes and Wouter Koolmees, and they are planning to restart the current coalition. And as is tradition, none of the negotiators are willing to say something to the media while the talks are ongoing, but Tweede Kamer chair Vera Bergkamp wrote a letter uh, two weeks ago, urging them to make haste because it has always uh, almost been eight months since the general elections. Um, the informateurs, Remkes, and Colmage uh, responded and they wrote that they have made undeniable progress. Uh, most important topics have already been addressed, they said, but the smaller issues still need to be ironed out among the respective expert MPs. Um, the informateurs also say that they cannot give a clear indication when there will be a coalition accord, but they do expect the negotiators, uh, negotiations will be in an advanced state in a matter of weeks. Uh, the uncertainty that comes with such a process, however, makes it impossible to pin a specific date. There were rumors this week, however, that uh, uh, there an agreement was imminent, uh, but they were flatly denied by the informateurs. Uh, but sources close to the talks have told Current Affairs show NewsUr that the four parties aim to have a draft agreement finalized by December 5th, so that's uh, on uh, Sinterklaas Eve, mm-hmm. and to have sorted out the ministerial lineup before Christmas. So... Um, yeah, it's, uh, if that is the case, uh, if we have a cabinet by Christmas, yeah. then the actual negotiations um, were kind of fast. I mean, if you, if you up, take yeah. into account that they only started three weeks ago and they got with the real negotiations, then um, two months is, is a quite a short amount of time. Unfortunately, we have wasted seven months before that, of course, with uh, political yeah. shenanigans. Well, well, That's well, a seven shame. Seven months
0: between friends, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the middle of a pandemic.
1: In the yes, middle of the a pandemic, no, no
0: Harry was a, there, course no um, yeah, of course, this is only yeah. I think one of the reasons it's been a short period is that uh, they're only drawing up an outline deal, right? I mean, they're actually filling in the details after christmas after they've uh, appointed all the ministers they're departing from the uh, traditional uh, system of uh, having a detailed coalition agreement when they take office now what they're going to do is have an outline agreement and then after christmas they um, the, 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 they consult parliament on exactly how they want what ex- what exact laws they want to bring in to make these policies happen
1: yeah, exactly. So instead of this, this uh, very thick um, um, nailed down to the every last detail uh, yeah. coalition accord, we will see a much thinner uh, one with uh, at least that's the ambition. With uh, you know some some uh, long term visions and some long term plans and and, and goals, uh, and the details will will have to uh, they will they will fill out on a later date in um, uh, 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 consultation with the rest of Parliament. So uh, a lot of opposition parties gonna have to, gonna have their say as well yeah uh, what i do th- i thought about this and i think um you know we have so many urgent issues that need to be addressed uh we have of course the pandemic but uh, also the housing crisis and uh, the gas prices and, all, yeah. and, and and whatnot these are all issues that need to be addressed um, uh, uh, yeah, urgently, very soon. Um, and, but if we are, uh, um, you know, for the optics, it's really good because, you know, they, uh, after these seven months of, of discussion about uh, new administration culture, uh, administrative culture, uh, they're going to, you know, take uh, uh, the opinion of the opposition party seriously. So they're going to have to consult them on every, on every issue. But it also means that uh, they are building in a delay yeah. Because uh, usually when we have a coalition, a formation process, they do all the talks and all the negotiations and all the, you know, nitty witty on details uh, behind doors, and but they do have a plan then and they... And immediately start it, but mm. if we are going to talk with everyone about what they feel about the housing housing crisis with every little opposition party, you know that will just take more and more time than yeah. than, than it should, so all these urgent businesses that that they need to attend right now um When are they going to address it? Well, probably put off further. Yeah, and they won't just,
0: uh, I guess, consult opposition parties. They'll also probably consult third parties. So the trade unions will sit down and have talks. You know, like the, in the case of the housing crisis, it will probably be the, um, you know, the estate agents, the magillas, and people in the housing sector. You know, it's it's going to take forever. Yeah, and this is just one topic, right? And we need so many
1: others. we have so many others. So yeah, yeah, I I I um, uh, you know and. I think that um, we t- also talked about in the past seven months about the build forming, about the optics. Yeah. but this is just also another uh, optics decision, I think, because yeah. um, it looks like as if they're going to consult with all the opposition parties. But yeah, are they really going? To, they don't. Re- they don't need to do that because they have a majority. These four exactly. parties, if they have yeah. a cabinet, so they don't need to. They already have a majority. So yeah, I, I think we're going to. Uh, 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 if we're really going to. Uh, talk endlessly about all these topics with everyone uh, uh, I think we're going to miss the old administrative culture I think um, mm. in terms of delays and in terms of time um, yeah. yeah and also uh, what I also thought was um, it, it's, a, it's a relatively speedy formation now if we're really going to uh, hit this Christmas uh, date with a new cabinet um, but it also has to do it's it, it, it's it's going so fast right now uh, because they probably all these parties they know each other already, yeah. right? Every all the negotiators they they have uh, sitting uh, around the table for four years now, so they know each other. So they know how they how they feel. There's nothing much to uh, negotiate, I think, because you know they already. Yeah, made and most of them already in the been
0: in a cabinet together, or at least um, in 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 the in, yeah, in the coalition parties in parliament. So, say, yeah, and quite and, familiar and with and each other, relationships are fairly strong. I think and, you know. So, and yeah. in the past
1: seven months, they probably discussed some of these topics at some point as well, right? So yeah, oh, yeah. that's that also helps. They they, they they don't start from zero. They they already had. Um, yeah, some sort of uh, uh, process progress, I think, made. Yeah, I think in the, in already, the past. they
0: already had a fair idea of what direction they wanted to go in, yeah. and you know that was kind of a. That was you know, also never out. the problem, right? If you read the um, no, uh, reports exactly. of the. No, exactly. And actually, when you look at the how the party manifestos are drawn up, there's quite a lot of uniformity and agreement on things like you know nearly all the parties wanted to uh, bring back student um, student financing, for yeah. example, you know that, that, that kind of thing. There's not a huge amount of distance between the parties. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't take too long, really, for them to uh, to, 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 to iron out uh, the, the few things they do need to discuss. Um, yeah. And again, just come up with an outline deal and then fill in the blanks um, as, as they go along.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, speaking of things we uh, shouldn't uh, leave unmentioned. Um, yes. 50 plus. (laughs) 50 plus.
0: There's a great Uh, story about 50 plus. It's uh, our our favorite um, deceased political party. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, because uh, 50 plus, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Hank Kroll last week in the uh, OPF of the week. He was, of course, the leader of the 50 plus party. He uh, quit at some point, and the party uh, still. Took part in the in the uh, in the elections. Um, they didn't manage to win the ten, eleven, or twelve seats they uh, uh, once polled at. Uh, yeah. They only won one seat. But um, Liliana Den Haan, the the leader of 50 Plus, uh, decided to uh, to uh, quit from the party uh, yeah. a couple of weeks after that. So they now have zero seats in parliament. because yeah, she snatched the seat. She snatched mm-hmm. the seat. Yeah. Um, you know why she wasn't uh, was unhappy with 50 plus
0: I've actually forgotten
1: but uh, do because tell me. she didn't uh, agree on pensions with the party <laughs> I mean you have a a one issue pension party and they yeah. keep uh, keep pulling uh, p- out over the yeah, they, yeah, they they keep choosing these <laughs> uh, uh, these uh, d- these leaders that th- that do not agree with their with their with their pension uh, standpoint or yeah. just don't know anything about <laughs> pensions or steals pensions or steal people's pensions. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I believe um, Lilian den Haan. She uh, uh, at some point in the election, she was asked if she really felt that. Uh, 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 the pension age should be dropped to 65 again and she said yeah. well realistically if you just look at uh, you know how many older people we have in the <laughs> Netherlands uh, no it should just uh, remain at 67 <laughs> <laughs> that's just one single issue <laughs> exactly. they fight for that's, that's bringing down the pension yeah. age it's, it's always a, stuff it's like that
0: yeah it's so always it's like if you ask the boer the, the boomer you know uh, should, should the farmers uh, uh, give up farming say actually yeah. you know what yes
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so, or if you ask a favorite day politician if he likes bitterball and he says no yeah that's uh, the, the, ridiculous the, yeah
0: yeah or, ridiculous. or if you should build fewer roads
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but 50 plus they, uh, they 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 exist now uh, for 10 years they had that yeah. 10 years jubilee and uh, yeah. to 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 celebrate that they wrote the or they they uh, well, asked the journalists to yeah. to write a history of the party uh-huh. uh, but but they were so unhappy with the result. <laughs> he was so, uh, uh, you know, he actually recorded the history. Um, yes. <laughs> and they were so unhappy with uh, how things uh, were going for the past 10 years that they don't want to uh, have anything to do with, uh, with, uh, with the book anymore. So, yeah, um, no,
0: they, they actually had a launch night this week. And yeah. none, nobody from the party turned up. So no, the poor guy, no. uh, yeah, you <laughs> Borbom. I think we should give him a, a, a shout out. Actually, uh, you Borbom, uh, he he, written the book, he presented it, and nobody from fifty plus turned up. They didn't want to touch it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. so the poor guy the, there were more people actually taking part in this podcast now than attended uh, the launch night of 50th 10 years of 50 plus celebration yeah. issue. Yeah. So Yeah. All, but he all, did
1: get his uh, his commission though. He so, got his commissioning uh, yeah. fee.
0: Yeah. Yes, uh, he did uh, yeah I, I I don't know how many people's pensions they raided to to pay for that <laughs> but uh, yeah, he got the 21,000 euros that was due to him um for, for his good. book. So yeah, at least yeah. at least, uh, at, least that's, uh, at least one person uh, Uh, came away happy. Justice Minister Ferd Krupperhaus has told Parliament he wants to repatriate five suspected terrorists from Syria. The District Court in Rotterdam said if no efforts are made to bring the five women back within three to six months, the cases against them will be dropped. Krupperhaus says he's in talks with international parties to try to transport the five, uh, who are all thought to be women with children, from refugee camps in Syria. The operation was not without its risks, but it was important that serious crimes do not go unpunished, Rappahal said. In June, the Netherlands brought back a woman from Chauda who joined IS to face trial, and another eight women yes. are said to be in similar positions and wanting to return.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, there was a documentary about uh, several of these women that uh, traveled to Syria with their husbands. And uh, um, <laughs> the irony was here that when they were interviewed, they demanded that their human rights were respected and that they uh, uh, had the right uh, of, a, of a fair trial. Even though, you know, all these uh, basic human rights were the very reason that they left the Netherlands in the first mm. place. But that's a different story. Yeah. Um and there was uh, another famous terrorism case uh, of uh, Shamima Begum and yeah. her Dutch husband, and it has been also this week uh, in the news, right?
0: Uh, yes, because uh, yeah, Riedijk gave a long interview to the Times, which was uh, summarized in a few other newspapers, uh, thankfully, so I uh, didn't have to sit through the whole two-hour interview. <laughs> uh, Shamima Begum, uh, if, if you can, in case you don't remember, she was uh, stripped of her British nationality after she went out to Syria at the age of 15 to join IS, and there she married Yahoo uh, Riedijk. She was founded in a refugee camp in 2019. About two years later, and uh, she was then nine months pregnant. Uh, oh. Her son Yares later died of pneumonia, and she said she'd lost two other children. It was a bit of a strange interview. Uh, Redux have talked about his beautiful memories of uh, baking cakes with his wife, in the middle of a war zone. Uh, he said he'd given Bigum some freedoms, like she was allowed to go shopping and visit friends. So that was very magnanimous of her, of him. Yeah. Uh, He said the IS attacks in Europe were not Islamically responsible because they involved killing innocent people, Um, but he wouldn't comment on the sale of Muslim and Yazidi women to IS fighters as sex slaves. He also said he wanted to go back to Bigum and uh, start a family again, but she seems to have other ideas. She was interviewed by the BBC recently without a headscarf on and said she wanted to return to Britain, fight her case in court and help other young people who were at risk of being radicalised. My only crime was being dumb enough to join IS, as she said.
1: Which is a fairly um, severe crime.
0: (laughs) It's a fairly dumb thing to do, yeah. yeah, Yeah. She was 15 and, uh, yeah, going as far as, I mean, the the, the UK actually stripped her of her nationality and effectively made her stateless, which uh, you can't do under international law. I mean, for all the terrible things that went on in Syria and that IS is responsible for, ultimately, you know, the right to a fair trial is a thing that, uh, is it's really important and um, yeah. she, she wants to go back and contest the decision um yeah uh, the, the British Minister uh, Said Javid has said uh, there's no question of that um and then he said a really curious thing he said if, if, if you know what I know uh then you wouldn't that th- th- then he wouldn't let her back in the country either but then think well if, if your case is so uh, is so, so ironclad yeah. then why not test it in court this edition of the Dutch News Podcast is brought to you in association with mydutchmortgage.online. Living in the Netherlands can be great, but it's not always cheap and property prices are rising fast. And life can get pretty hectic when you're trying to juggle house hunting with work and family. My Dutch Mortgage Online makes finding the right mortgage as convenient and affordable as possible. And it's all in plain English. With mydutchmortgage.online, you can arrange your mortgage entirely online, in English and in six simple steps.
1: And we should also mention it's a no-mortgage, no-fee deal. Seriously? Yes, you pay a one-off low fixed fee of €1,950 and only once they've helped you secure your mortgage.
0: So there it is. Log on to mydutchmortgage.online and start arranging your mortgage today. It's also that time when we say thank you very much to all our lovely patrons whose kindness does so much to keep this podcast going. Uh, Well, actually, it's your money, but uh, that doesn't sound so romantic. (laughs) If you'd like to join our band of safe, socially distancing patrons for as little as a euro or a dollar a month and earn yourself a free shout-out and the chance to ask us a question about anything at all, although at the moment it's probably the uh, when's the lockdown going to finish or when we've got a government, uh, log on to www.patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash dutchnewsnl.
1: The Hague and Utrecht plan to stop private investors buying up property to rent out at high prices when new legislation comes into effect in January, according to New.nl. Amsterdam has already said it plans to uh, stop landlords buying property costing less than €512,000 and turning it into rental accommodation in an effort to boost the chances of first-time buyers. Yeah, because it's a real problem, right? If you're just a... A teacher or someone who works in healthcare in Amsterdam, you you just can't find a home in Amsterdam. And that that also leads to a lot of shortages in these areas because, you know, uh, you're just not not going to work at the school if you have to travel uh, more than an hour to go there every day.
0: Yeah, and also people spread out to neighbouring towns or, 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 or suburbs where it's cheaper and then the prices all get inflated there. It's you're kind of seeing in Amsterdam now, I think, the phenomenon that you saw in London saw 20, 30 years ago when houses started to get too expensive for people who were actually living and working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so buyers in Amsterdam will have to commit to living on the property for at least four years, uh, but they will be able to rent it out to close family or while abroad for a period of time. And now The Hague and Utrecht also have said they uh, too will take advantage of the new law. Rotterdam will decide next week what to do. Uh, the land registry officer Kadaster, well known if you uh, watch uh, De the Rechter, uh, said at the end of last month uh, that private investors own almost 18% of the housing in the big cities. Both Utrecht and The Hague plan to introduce the measure citywide, but have not yet decided on the price limit. Uh, Utrecht, Rotterdam and Amsterdam have already banned people from buying newly built properties with the aim of renting them out
0: yeah uh, although I think in Amsterdam the rule is if a property was already being rented you can you can buy it uh, to let i
1: yeah, think yeah, but
0: yeah, uh, so yeah. but amsterdam isn 't actually the most expensive place to buy a house right
1: yeah that 's uh, correct, according to property research group called Casa, uh, has become the first place in the Netherlands where the average house price has topped one million euros. The average price for a house in the coastal town of uh, 23,000 is 1,016,000 euros. So yeah, you have to uh, bring a lot of cash if you want to uh, live near the ocean there. Mm. Um, Property values are currently going up uh, by around 870 euros a day uh, in Bloemendaal. And the lowest uh, price rises are in uh, Pekela in Groningen and Brunsum in Limburg. Average prices are increasing there by only 120 euros per day. And nevertheless, the rises are still extremely large in historic terms and result in an average increase of around 36,000 euros uh, yeah, per year. And nationwide house prices are rising at an average of 313 euros a day. So yeah, it's uh, we talked about the housing crisis uh, in the other segments, but yeah, it's, it just, just really shows that things are running out of hand. The market
0: is overheating. Yeah, incredible yeah. thing that if you live in an average size home, uh, your house is almost certainly earning better than you.
1: Yeah, 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 and if you if 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 prices are rising in Pekela, of all places, then you yeah. know things are really going
0: bad. <laughs> Sports news: Feyenoord's plans for a gleaming new stadium on the banks of the Maas were blown out of the water this week. The Rotterdam club said it had been hit with a bill for 180 million euros in extra costs from construction firm BAM, and that made the project unaffordable. The fine old City Stadium had been due to open in 2024, with a 63,000 seat capacity, and the Riverside redevelopment also included shops and houses. But it was hugely unpopular with many of the fans uh, who didn't want to move out of the Kaup and were pretty angry about it. Uh, club officials and Omar, the architectural firm that designed the new stadium, were subjected to threats. One of the club's directors, Mark Kufermans, is stepping down next month because of the effect on his family. Feyenoord haven't officially given up on the project, but they say there's no way they can meet Bam's costings. Other options, including renovating the CAP, haven't been ruled out either.
1: Yeah, the Feyenoord fans really love their stadium, the Kuip, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, they just um, hate the idea of, of of moving out. But on the other hand, if you if they, it, that stadium is almost what is it, seventy years old or something? Yeah. it's quite an old stadium. And yeah, if you refuse to uh, to progress, then uh, you know, I, I believe the the UEFA, for example, already have concerns about. Um, uh, the facilities there—they um, yeah. might not even play uh, any international games there anymore, for example. Uh, yeah, so they really need to uh, to
0: to make some changes. Yeah, I mean, definitely—if they stay in the caup it will need a big renovation. In fact, I think um, a consortium came up with a potential renovation plan, but uh, the club uh, kind of knocked it back, and they said, "No, we're going we're going full steam ahead uh, with the move to uh, to Final City." But now that's fallen through; they've got to start from scratch. Um, yeah. with uh, with trying to find a way to renovate Cap. And of course, that's at a time when, you know, we've got real the construction industry while well, the costs are going up, which is uh, yeah. why BAM have, um, you know, passed on those uh, big costs. Uh, and also that uh, there's really long waiting times at the moment for building projects and materials. Yeah. So it's not really a good time to be starting a new massive building project.
1: Yeah, I'm just happy that another Rem House building is uh, saved <laughs> from another Rem House building. So yeah, it's uh, I just applaud this, uh, this development. Yeah, <laughs> um, And there's some news about the long-running issue of uh, the case of Api
0: Yes, the very sad story about Api Nouri. Yeah. He's the uh, uh, Ajax midfielder whose heart stopped doing a match in Germany in 2017 when he was just 20 years old, an extremely promising young player. Um, and uh, he, he suffered uh, basically massive brain damage Because uh, the first aid uh, He wasn't given first aid Until about 8 minutes I think after the attack yeah. uh, The club reached a settlement With his family this week To compensate for his lost career And to pay for round the clock care That he now needs um, Nuri, yes, as I say, he was a very promising teenager he was in the youth team with Frenkie de Jong and Matthijs de Ligt, I think those players still stayed very close to him through his treatment I, th- I think de Jong went and visited him just before he moved to Barcelona to kind of get his approval mm. for, the, for the move, that kind of thing um, but as I say he's now only able to communicate by facial expressions, he, he does I think live alone, but um, well not alone but he, he lives in his own house but uh, just around the corner from his parents and he just needs constant round-the-clock care and, uh, the case had been due to go to arbitration so, hmm. uh, quite a yeah difficult bitter battle where I don't think Ajax really covered themselves in glory, but at least now they have at least saved the family from the you know, the whole ordeal of um, actually taking it to an arbitration panel.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, speaking of Ajax, how how are they doing uh, on the pitch?
0: Yeah, not so well. Uh, They've drawn their last two league games 0-0 and that's allowed PSV to reel them in. Uh, The clubs are now separated only by Ajax's just monumental goal difference Um, and the real difference is in defence because PSV have let in 20 goals this season, that's more than Sparta who are 16th placed, Uh, while Ajax have just conceded two. Now, this weekend, the attempt to to Louis van Gaal's Oranje side. They're playing their last two World Cup qualifiers. Um, and assuming they beat Montenegro on Saturday, the Dutch will need just a point next Tuesday against Norway in an empty stadium in Amsterdam to win their group. And, uh, yeah, in um, uh, Mexico City, uh, Max Verstappen had another win, right? Yes, it's looking increasingly like we're going to have a Dutch Formula 1 yeah. world champion. Uh, Max Verstappen uh, won the Mexican Grand Prix at the weekend, um, you know, basically on the first corner where he overtook yeah. both his Mercedes rivals uh, on in a, a daring manoeuvre that uh, got a lot of praise from everyone watching. Uh, And it means that Max is now 19 points clear of Lewis Hamilton in the title race with four races to go. And next one's in Brazil, which is again a track where Verstappen tends to perform very well. And he won the last race two years ago. Uh, But he's been keen to play down expectations. Uh, He said, I don't believe in momentum. It's going to be really tight and exciting to the end.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah, because uh, 19 points uh, between the number one and the number two—that's just unheard of yeah. uh, in in recent memory uh, in the championship of of uh, Formula One. Um, but yeah, it was a really daring uh, move that in that first corner, and uh, yeah, that was basically the end of the race because you yeah. nothing else happened, and uh, Bottas made a terrible uh, error. And he, well,
0: he was tapped by somebody else, wasn't he? He was—he he just got nudged, I think, with his back wheel. Yeah, and well,
1: he, he was also breaking way too early, so that yeah. was. Bit of a, a bit of his mistake, and you just don't need to. If you break too early, uh, especially in the first uh, round, at uh, the first corner of the first yeah. lap, then you know this is uh, this is something that's bound to happen. But yeah, yeah. He, he he made a spun he, he ended up almost at the end of the uh, of the queue, uh, and then he uh, uh, had to look at uh, Ricciardo's ass for uh, the rest yeah. of the race. Yeah,
0: yeah. but was yeah. he, he did have uh, some minor role in the race because the, 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 they put him on the soft tires for the very last lap, so he could yeah, bag the right. point for the fastest lap. So Verstappen didn't get that. That meant Verstappen's only 19 points clear instead of 20. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that might be um, it might be decisive because that happened. Uh, it means that um, Mercedes stay ahead of Red Bull and the constructors because they are one yeah. point ahead. Yeah. If they yeah. hadn't done yeah. that, the Red Bull would be in, would be in ahead. That's how tight it is.
1: Yeah, and uh the, the real money is uh is one with the construction championship, right? So yeah. uh yeah, if they if Mercedes uh, uh, uh wins that championship then uh, then they they go uh, go away with the with the most money and that means they have of course um yeah uh yeah and then more uh, money
0: to 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 develop the car for next season.
1: Exactly, yeah. More Sinterklaas news now. The traditional blackface sweater Pete is disappearing fast from the Sinterklaas celebrations and Suti Pete's now have the upper hand. Uh, that's according to research done by the uh, Algemeen Dagblad newspaper. Mm. Uh, the paper asked Sinterklaas committees in more than 210 different local authority areas about their plans and found the blackface version has been replaced by Suti Pete's in 123 towns and villages and uh, a combination of both in 32. Uh, just 10 local authorities told the AD they were sticking with the original version played by uh, white people in blackface makeup, while the rest had not made up their mind or declined to say what they were doing. In 2019, when the uh, Algemeen Dagblad class carried out the research, the blackface bid had the upper hand in 239 towns and villages, and just 19 had made the switch to Sootypietz, or uh, roetveegpieten as uh, we yeah. call them in Dutch. Yeah. Um, Sinterklaas will arrive in the Netherlands this weekend in most cities and villages, depending on if the parade is cancelled or not but uh, he, he will he will arrive in the Netherlands uh, sooner he or will. later yeah,
0: he will be yeah. here very soon and coming down chimneys and uh, yeah, distributing presents yep. so yeah it's kind of actually been quite a rapid switch in the last couple of years after quite a lot of resistance and quite a long fight to get rid of the traditional sparte beat
1: yeah it's li- almost like the formation process right we had <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 90% of the time we had this uh, this 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 standstill and this in crowd fighting and yeah, uh, yeah all of a sudden uh, the change is, uh, is, is coming very Very rapidly, yeah. Mm. Um, And it has been a very long time because it's uh, also this year, just like the 50-plus party, it was the 10-year anniversary of uh, the Kick Out Swartapete Action Group. They started in 2011 and they were basically the first ones that really advocated to get rid of the traditional Swartapete. Ever since we had this Swartapete discussion, this dreaded discussion around this time would would pop up again. And uh, yeah, we were debating whether or not Um, wearing black makeup uh, is essential for giving children a a, a nice time uh, or not.
0: It's incredible, really. I always thought throughout this that we'd look back in like 10, 20 years' time and think, what on earth were we arguing about?
1: Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, uh, Gordon, when you first arrived in the Netherlands and you saw
0: this tradition, uh, how did you feel about that? Uh, to begin with, when I first came here in the 90s, um, I didn't think too hard about it. I thought it was just like a kind of slightly quaint tradition that was a bit mm-hmm. out of step with the times, but um, you know, it was it was fairly harmless. But I think as time moved on, as I started to think, that this really isn't on. I think one one time the penny dropped I think actually was when I was living in Glasgow and um, my wife was asked to uh, buy her son's nursery about well, how do you celebrate Christmas in your country and she started saying well we don't have Christmas we have Sinterklaas and then started explaining it and she started realizing that when you actually try and explain it and justify it to an outsider, you really can't. It doesn't make not sense. Yeah. It. it doesn't make any sense. And actually, they had a Svater-Pete, um or a Sinterklaas parade or arrival in, in Glasgow, where we lived for the expats. And really revealingly, Sinterklaas and the Peets would arrive in like a blacked out limousine with the hmm. windows like, covered up because you know it was, it was this dirty secret that they, that they couldn't show to the outside world and then you start to think about well, why why do you have this aspect of it that makes it so toxic and unacceptable, all you need to do is just take away the the blackface, boot polish, makeup, and you have a perfectly normal children's festival yeah. that everyone can join in. That doesn't discriminate against people. It's a very small change. Again, it's a very low cost thing. Um, that means that the tradition actually moves. It's even cheaper times. because you
1: don't have to buy makeup.
0: Exactly. I, th- I saw at least one shop that said uh, that they, they were they were just going to keep on doing it until they ran out of black black face paint, <laughs> and then yeah, they that's... made the switch. <laughs> which I thought was a very pragmatic Dutch response.
1: Yeah, that's very pragmatic. Yeah.
0: But the thing is, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, and it's an evolution process that actually. Is going going on for a long time because if you go back into the past you see that Svaterpite originally was quite a bogeyman figure he, yeah. he would take naughty children back into Spain in his sack he would beat them with a stick that went yeah. out then, then he lost the kind of thick Caribbean accent he used to have because people realised that wasn't really on either so this is just the last stage but I think there was a lot of resistance because people who were kind of more traditionally minded thought that this was the last real trace of the Svaterpite they recognised from their childhood and they found it a real wrench to get rid of it but I think once they have done it and they see the children of the current generation really don't care what colour the, the Sinterklaas' helper is that um, it will quite quickly fade away and I'm glad for that.
1: When kick-out Pete started and I believe it was also some official from the United States who first addressed uh, this tradition as well and how problematic it was, I also initially thought back then, uh, what are they complaining about? It's only makeup, it's only a tradition uh, and I still don't think that most people have racist intention when they dress up as Pete or anything but it's no there's no denying that the, it has this tradition has r- r- racist Racist origins. Uh, You just simply cannot deny that. And if you just talk to people and feel how uh, offended they are by it then it's only just a small change indeed to make them feel comfortable and to include them with it as well i, I just don't understand why we as adults should keep up with this tradition and um, um, insult so many people by it uh, especially because for the children we don't have to keep it up right that's yeah that's always the argument but children don't care as long as they, no, just they get let's their... accept
0: whatever version of tradition they're brought up with and i think that's the thing people felt like their tradition their memories were being tainted by this sort of stain of racism and they couldn't enjoy it anymore. But back in those times, I think, you know, although obviously blackface has, has always been a racist thing, there was no one there. or pe- People who were affected by it. it was a much smaller group of society and they yeah. didn't speak up. So people didn't know it was kind of innocent racism. And I think that's one yeah. thing. But once you're actually told explicitly that it's hurting people and why it's hurting people and you carry on digging your heels in and insisting you do it, that's not innocent racism anymore. That's something no. far worse. And that's yeah, when it becomes exactly. a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I also remember uh, some of my uh, my uh, black friends who told me that you know at least once a week there is a stranger coming up to them and calling them Zwarte Pete on the yeah. streets. I mean that's just if you just hear that, then that's already. A sign that things should change, and that's not even in November or anything. That's just you know, a yeah. random week in uh, somewhere, somewhere throughout the year in, in November and in December it's even worse. So uh, I I understand why people uh, are offended by it. So I'm just happy that uh, this discussion is uh, coming
0: to exactly. an. end it's all over and we can all enjoy it as a society. And it should be a thing that brings people together rather than divides people. And if you're a real die-hard racist, the good news is you can watch the onchodnadel on alternative <laughs> class. Oh yeah, we should <laughs> have, have mentioned that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something for everyone, even the racists catered for that's all we have for you this week this podcast is a production of Dutch News which can be found online at dutchnews.nl We'll include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes and you can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and you can also now back us on Patreon at patreon.com dutchnews.nl and earn yourself a free shout out on the podcast. My thanks to Paul Paters. I'm Gordon Darrow, you've all stopped listening long ago and we'll be back <laughs> next week with Robin Pascoe.